I'm Jen. Thanks for joining. This is a beautiful question. A space to engage three folks over the course of three separate conversations, each in contemplation of the same single question. Questions invite us to suspend action. They encourage exploration and receptivity to new data, new insight, and new perspectives to entertain new possibilities. And a beautiful question. Well, a beautiful question is simply a many-sided prism that we get to hold in our hands, turning and exploring, examining as the light refracts, depending on the angle and the way we hold it. Examining and re-examining until we find our favorite light and angle combination. A beautiful question entreats us to envision bold futures, to use contemplation as a tool to dream bigger, to go further than we might typically allow. It pushes us to new frontiers of possibility, wandering and wandering on the edges of our imagination, on the edges of humanity, of what we might achieve in this lifetime, and even what the many lifetimes after ours might realize. Questions allow our minds to settle into the ambiguous gray space of the unknown and marinate, to stay receptive to new truths. So today's question invites us to consider In the tapestry of a protopian world, how might community weave its threads? I recently had the good fortune to attend an event for the 30th anniversary of Wired Magazine here in San Francisco. It was a wonderful day, full of brilliant thinkers and wonderful conversation that pushed and pulled and provoked us to consider what might the future hold. One of the threads of conversation struck me in particular. I found the frame they used to contemplate the future truly fascinating. Oftentimes, when we get dreamy about future societies, we land in utopian or dystopian worlds. Utopias are these picture-perfect societies where humanity shows up as the purest, brightest, shiniest, idealized version of itself. And dystopias, well... (laughs) We have quite a few examples of dystopian narrative arcs, zombies, plagues, you name it, post-apocalyptic realities that sometimes just don't feel too far from our current one. But both of those, the utopian and the dystopian, feel firmly in fantastical realms that we often believe are out of our reach or they're a reality we would swat away like a wasp and flee from. This panel offered a third option, A protopia. A protopia presents the opportunity to envision a more realistic, better future. A protopia, as panelist Catherine Murdoch suggested, allows us to dream of a future we desire to be a part of. A future that invites us to envision bold new truths and then design our way into realizing them. One that would inspire us. One that includes the equity and justice we so thoroughly crave. Now, if you're familiar with intrinsic wayfinding, then you might recall that the second element of the practice is deliver, and deliver operates from the vantage that we are each meant to offer something uniquely ours in this lifetime, our unique contribution. And the practice is about envisioning those bold futures for ourselves and working towards manifestation. So you can see my intrigue. Then, as I was researching for today's conversation, I stumbled upon an article that featured Monica Bielskite who spends a lot of time thinking about protopias. In the New York Times piece, she's quoted um, using one of my favorite authors. Now, anyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with Baldwin and Bell Hooks, and this quote is from Bell Hooks. 
To be truly visionary, we must route our imagination in our concrete reality while simultaneously imagining possibilities beyond that reality. And I love that. I was hooked. And it got me wondering, what might a protopia look like? But for the sake of this conversation, that felt a little too broad. And then almost in parallel, I'd been noodling another thread, one that emerged from our last contemplation, how might we operate in service of self? It was around the theme of community and the role that community plays as we work to heal ourselves, to thrive in our lifetimes. And the stark reality is that more than likely, community as it's constructed today does not really serve us. If things were as they should be, maybe in a protopian world, our community would fill us up and we, in turn, would fill others up in what would be a continuous, virtuous, and generative cycle. So today's conversations explore what community might look like in a future that I'd want to be part of, that others might be inspired to not only design, but also build, because we believe it's possible. Let's practice. For someone to say that to her, I felt hurt. I was angry, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt for her. And it made me, it put a battery in my back because it made me feel like, wow, there's a lot more work to do here, Mm -hmm. right? In in terms of, Chris, let's continue to make sure we're creating spaces where she can feel comfortable. In this first contemplation, I'm joined by my friend and brother of over 20 years, Chris Harvell, a girl dad of five, CEO, avid cycler, and protopian architect. Join us as we examine some of the foundational principles needed to build a better future or at least one we're inspired to be a part of. Well, 12 speed, 10 speed for those of us that are older. Um, did that and then put the bike down when I got married and had a kid. And uh, when COVID happened, I wanted to get out again with my children and um, purchased a bike. And then I was like, oh my God, like I forgot how great this feels. Like, so the first day I got the bike, I rode like 15 miles, which is insane, right? Um, <clears throat> and then along the way, I began to find that it had so many other benefits. And then the best part about it, I mean, health benefits, but the best part about it was that I found people doing it too, mm-hmm. right? Um, people who were just trying to find another outlet because of COVID or and people who had already been in it for a very long time. Um, and we all came, saw the told of us that are COVID babies, as we're called, um, we came in with like basketball shorts and t-shirts and right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. right. Um, whereas cycling has this very specific kind of code of dress for part of it. Right. Um, yeah. And so there was this kind of, I noticed that there was this kind of beautiful quilt being built as I was a part of it. It was like, I was watching it being weaved um, as I'm living it. And I wanted to be a part of continuing to help that grow and mm-hmm. extend and extend various patches. And what's cool about it is it feels like, I don't know, it doesn't, it feels like, it feels like elementary school, not yeah. like middle school because there's like puberty and all that kind of stuff going on with your body there. Not like high school because you're in your head about a bunch of different things. But in elementary school, you're still a kid and you're still focused just on kiddom and all things kid. So it felt like, you're on the playground, 
everybody's there for their for that first recess. And there are some kids who are older. They've been around. But then there are some kids that are just coming in like you. And you just kind of find your tribe. Mm. Uh, but it's cool because some of the older kids want to play with you too. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 uh, it's been great. It's been a great way to to connect with a completely different set of humans than I otherwise probably would have given mm-hmm. where my life trajectory was going pre-COVID and the mm-hmm. kinds of individuals and the things that I was doing and the individuals that were doing those similar things were who they were. So this was, it was great. It's actually really cool because Black Watts was all about just first, just some dads, because I was in the, the, the community dad group so you know suburban dad like yo y'all want to go for a walk right you know? and right. we all came we all came to the walk looking crazy unshaven right <laughs> right maybe right? not showered up for a few days <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> right yo stay still you gotta stay six feet apart six feet don't matter you can't smell me <laughs> i got all right exactly <laughs> exactly so then we decided to ride bikes on father's day oh man we look like a mess. We were a hot mess. Like we look like what you would imagine eleven year olds would look like at forty. <laughs> like, hurry up, get away from mom. We ain't coming back to school. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it was crazy. But in its craziness, it was actually very special, right? Because there were so many people who hadn't touched a bicycle in years. Um and it brought this renewed sense of this childlikeness back to them, right? This joy, this childhood joy. And so it started off just as dads and just connecting with other dads and black dads, Eric Gardner, you know, all the things that kind of triggered everything that was going on around the BLM movement and all the things. <clears throat> so we connected and we would have, we would ride our bikes in place to, to a park and sit and talk. Like, you know, like these things, right? Then as things progress and things move on, uh, Two buddies of mine, we met through cycling, decided, hey, let's let's do a club, right? And well, what would this club be? What would this mission be? I don't know if you remember. I called you. I was like, hey, Jen, this is what I'm thinking about. Mission work, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Lots of work. So cool. Yes, what was so cool about that, right? Is you were like, dude, stop trying to NBA this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, stop trying to NBA this shit, yo. Like, what does this mean? Like, just step back, yo. And that was so empowering to me, again, because this new reality of thinking about community, right? right? It doesn't have to be this, you know, Ivy League, NBA, like mission and, 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 and value proposition and all the things that I was thinking, right? right. You're like, dude, like you're doing way too much, right? Well, it's like inject, so the, it, human- inject the humanity in it, right? Because- yes. You didn't like MBA the shit out of it, but like you still ended up with some design ideas, right? Like you were building something with some intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, look, I mean, we had several conversations about it, but that first one was so impactful, right? Because it just meant like, yo, like just drop all the tropes and drop all those things. Like, dude, like, what is this? Why are you even doing this? Like, and I was just like, you know, I just like meeting people. This is cool that I get to meet people and get sun on my face, <laughs> right? Like right, simple, right? right, right. right. Um, and with and with that, the three of us said, yo, like, let's just try to get more people of color on bikes. But really, it was just like, try, try to get the people around us out on bikes. 
mm-hmm. like guys that we know that we hang out with that we would go to the bar and have a drink with now we're like yo let's try to get him on a bike let's try to get malcolm on the bike let's try to get greg on the bike and we were successful for the most part of getting all those brothers on the bike but then as time moved forward <clears throat> you know be, me being a girl dad and having five daughters i was like this feels weird not having women mm-hmm. right like women are a big part of my life Mm-hmm. Um, they anchor so much of what I do and to see, oh snap, like women ride bikes like crazy, <laughs> right? Like actually, actually more There's a whole Peloton men. black girl magic situation happening Yo, that you didn't know. For real. <laughs> like thousands it's crazy. of us. Yeah, yes. Right. Yes. So even though y'all may not be outside on the road, y'all got y'all pushing pedals on Pelotons right. or right. in spin classes or right. Right. And all these places. And I was just like, <clears throat> you know, I want to be intentional about how to build this community, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just get people on bikes. Let's make sure we're doing activities and events that are really inclusive, that we can cast a really wide net. And there can be something for everyone, mm-hmm. which is so counterintuitive in some instances to what we learned from our MBA programs, but being hyper-focused, right. it's about you know, really uh, uh, compartmentalizing, or I should say uh, using like different stratifications of things to really hone in, like, all right, who's your audience? This is it, this is demographic, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But in actuality, cycling is just like riding your bike when you're a kid. Yo, if anybody got a bike, they outside. It's like the same thing. And it's, you know, so if you think of the curve, right? And you think like what we were taught, right? It's like, okay, here, you want to get the most, most folks. <laughs> so you want that pinnacle peak of the curve. Yes. Those folks. yes. But the reality is that when you're designing for something that's meant to truly be a container strong enough to hold the many, you design for the fringes, mm-hmm. right? You design for the, mm-hmm. the people that sit on the outside because then mm-hmm. you actually design for the entire curve, right? Like yep. you can meet their needs, then you can meet anyone's needs. And that's a reorientation from like a very, I mean, we went to a very capitalist, <laughs> white capitalist institution, right? Like that's what they taught us to be capitalists, right? To make the most yes. money, right? And you, the the point of creating the community on the on the fringes takes more time. You got to work mm-hmm. harder to understand those needs. You got to work harder to build a container that really does like fit everybody fully and authentically, right? Like. Um, but I would imagine that in those moments that you're creating, like cycling just becomes the thing you're doing, but you actually are having conversations and building connections and doing them in a way that you wouldn't otherwise, if it weren't for cycling, like cycling is just like the chip that gives you the dip, right? The dip's the thing you want, right? Like, but yes, cycling yes, is that chip that's the like, chip. Mm, delivery mechanism. So true. <laughs> right? So right? true. So true. So true. Right. And you know what's funny about that is, you know, like you said, uh, the fringes, right? So cycling, there's come as you are, right. sneakers, shorts, whatever. And then you have the hardcore folks, which now I'm a part of, which is we have like these uniforms. Let's call them you uniforms. You and your tight, tight uniforms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but, and here's the thing, right? To be on the side of the folks that wear these basically spandex, mm-hmm. you're riding around on a 15 to 25 pound machine in spandex right. with cars and ground and earth underneath you, right? Right. And 
I remember the first time I had a conversation, I was at an event, cycling event in Georgia in 2022. And this hit me because this woman, she was a, she was a larger woman, uh, plus size, I would say. And, but she riding her bike, we were kicking it, just talking to the chat. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, people treat me differently, Chris, because of how I look. I was mm-hmm. like, huh, what? Right. First of all, I was I was surprised that she just opened up like that. I was like, right. okay, this is what right. we're doing. All right. right, I'm here for it. Right. But she talked about how there's body shaming, mm-hmm. right? Because you're in spandex. Right. So we see all of the folds and rolls and imperfections, right. quote unquote. I should say written imperfections, wrong. all the shape, all the, we see your entire shape, whatever right. that shape may be. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I felt so empowered by her because she just really gave it up in that conversation. She was really leaning in. And I was, I, I asked, I said, well, thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable. And, you know, but I have to ask, what made you decide to want to tell me? It's like, we just met mm-hmm. three days ago. Right. <laughs> right. And she was just like, I don't know. Like you just, you were, you were talking to so many people, mm-hmm. right? And you seem like you just made so many people comfortable and you wanted to ride with them and you were excited to ride with them. And then you asked me to ride with you and we rode and we talked and we had coffee. And so I just felt like it was the thing to do. Right. And I was just like, thank you. You know? Right. And I remember I talked about this on, on our podcast. My podcast is called More Watch Podcast. Mm. Shameless plug. I don't know mm-hmm. if Jen's gonna keep that in there, but it's in there. Um, Leave we, it in. We actually talked. <laughs> we actually talked about this particular thing because this event that I was at was about bringing together cyclists of color. Mm-hmm. Anybody can join, but it was focused on cyclists of color, and there were like thirty five hundred to four thousand of us that wow. descended on like George on like Atlanta, the Atlanta metro area, right? Right. And if you're there, you either enjoy cycling or you enjoy the community that cycling brings, but there's something around it that you, you're there for. Right. And for someone to say that to her, I felt hurt. I was angry, you know, mm-hmm. I felt for her and it made me, it put a battery in my back because it made me feel like, wow, there's a lot more work to do here. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in terms of, Chris, let's continue to make sure we're creating spaces where she can feel comfortable. Because we don't have the long view, we aren't thinking about like all the different uh, folks that we might want to embrace or include. Then we think that we uh, create something that will hold up to the test of time. But as you Mm -hmm. get bigger, as more folks look at it and say, ooh, that's interesting. I want to go over and again, that container starts to weigh down, weigh down and break and crumble under that strain because it's not meant for those folks. And I've seen it in jobs and companies I've worked in where they're supposed to be super inclusive, diverse spaces. And then the more diverse they get, like people are like, whoa, this is not for me. Right. right. And the people who created the space are like, what do you mean? We created it for all of the people. And like, not me, mm-hmm. because this does not speak to me, you know? And so <laughs> right. it's like, nah, I'm not here for this. But I mean, I hear themes in what we're saying, right? It's like, it's about, it's about connection meaningful and deep connection. It's about psychological safety, right? It's about creating a bridge between people who might not otherwise engage, but feel like it's worthy to to do that, right? To like have conversation, to spend time. Um, 
because from most of the people that you probably are are in this community with, you might not ever really choose to be in a, you wouldn't have ever chosen to be in a community with them naturally were it not for cycling, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. just because you're black doesn't mean that you're in a community together, right? It's like- Right, no, that's, that's true, that's true. One of the things that I think is really important in community building is having a strong understanding of kind of who you are. And I know people probably talk about this till the cows come home, but a lot of folks, let me start with myself. As you age, you change. Your desires change. Your understanding of life change. You You become wise around experiences that you've had. Some things you keep repeating over and over because you haven't really learned what you were supposed to learn. <clears throat> but how much introspection do we actually do to understand what our motivations are, what our triggers are? Um, <laughs> how do we motivate ourselves? What level of, you know, when we face an obstacle, um, what happens, you know, when we face, you know, when we feel lethargic and like, oh, I don't really want to do this. You know, how disciplined are we just to kind of keep going? Because to me, the beauty of physical activity in a lot of instances is it just feels good to move. Maybe today, Jen, you know, you you do your your boot camp and you're out there feeling strong. And like, you know, by the way, Jen's audience, Jen is hella strong. Like she is like a for real, like. You know, I don't know what they call them boot camps, but she'd be out there doing the push-ups and the and the pump-ups and all the ups, right? Okay. <laughs> right, right. But I remember, and I'm a sidebar for a second. I remember when when we went to work out in Vegas many years ago, mm-hmm. right? And I, I I never told you this, but I came back to this when I was cycling. Mm-hmm. We were working out, and I was like. Yo, Jen is yo, Jen is strong. <laughs> like, oh my god! You're like, yeah, that's just the warm up, and I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm not making it through this. And I remember leaving, feeling like, man, I hope she doesn't think I'm a wuss, right? <laughs> like, because I was trying. I mean, of course you did it, but I'm just saying, like, in my head, right? So fast forward to on the bike, that same thing I was describing about being on heel. Right. Now I'm like, yo, I'm so proud of myself that I made it to the top. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to be able to do it again versus the last time was, man, I'm comparing myself to, to Jen. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing that mm-hmm. when we're just supposed to be out here hanging out and getting the workout in? Mm-hmm. We're not competing in a sport against one another. So that introspection to understand kind of who you are, what your motivations are, I think is really, really important in building this protopia because... But isn't there part the of... More, but isn't there part of a community that can help you realize that? Yes. yes. Right. Like I think like the notion that we have to do that, figure that all out on our own is probably not well, it's not what I would want. I would want to be in community. That was scary. Right. I would yeah. want to be in a community that was like, hey, hey, young blood, <laughs> come on over <laughs> here and let's 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 wrap for a moment. Like you out here like hoofing, trying to like keep up with these, you know, big kids that have been out here for a minute and you're just a little right. 
got here. Yes. Like, let's yes. talk about like what's realistic for you, you know? Like yes. let's let's like actually sit down and figure out what your dreams and aspirations are and like yes. how yes. this space can help you realize that. And actually you need to meet you need to meet Chris because Chris was just like you when he started. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. and now he's been here a couple of times and knows the ropes a bit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like that's that's part of what I think is missing and what I would hope in a community that I'm a part of, right? Is that there's there's nurture, there's care, there's, 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 there's cuddling and coddling, you know, like it, no, 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 no nefarious cuddling, coddling, you know what I mean? No, like, I know what you mean. Cuddling, yes. and coddling me along into like, oh, okay, I can see myself here. I can see that I belong here, right? Versus this like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, figure it out, like yes. throw you in the yes. deep end, sink or swim. Like that notion, it doesn't fit, right? It doesn't, it doesn't work. And I think that part of what we're coming up against in, in these broader conversations, you know, even in this conversation now and having this conversation now is like realizing that these models don't serve us, right? Like the way that we were told to navigate life, that it's individualistic, that it's by the bootstraps, that it's, you know, all these things is bullshit and it doesn't actually serve us. And it actually goes against what we know to be true. If we listen from here, like yes. what makes me feel the best is not when I like pull myself up by the bootstraps and like figure it out myself. I'm like, ah, I won. You know, it's like, man, I'm stressed. I'm sweating. I'm got a headache. You know, like I was anxious, like versus, you know, having somebody, having people invested in, in the, in the development and the, in the forward movement of me, you know, and like helping me figure it out, like not doing it for me, not making, you know, making it easy, but I like to learn from people who have gone before. I like to have a, have a bit of a playbook, have a bit of a sense of like, okay, this is how I navigate this space. And my encounters may be slightly unique, but I like have some support here. We can't see what's possible, right? Because of all of the narratives and the tropes and the propaganda that we've been fed, Mm -hmm. right? About how we're supposed to navigate life and live life then we can never build it, right? But if we can envision a community that is enriching and uplifting, one that sees me for who I am, one that is rooted in authenticity and hard truths and a space for us to explore our differences, right? A place for us to connect through shared experience, right? To build, that begins to your point, to create that net effect. We're all building this up and we start to unlock possibility, We create a new pathway for what life can be like, should feel like, how we live and maneuver and what we create and what we do. So it's it's a fundamental slap in the face to everything that we've been taught. And people are loving and creative and it's, you know, it's this space that I was like, man, we deserve to be here. If anything, we deserve mm-hmm. to be in a space where we're hugged and where people are affectionate and, you know, they're looking at our soul and not our outer parts. And, mm-hmm. um, and we deserve to be in a space that, that challenges in a way that helps us heal. During this next conversation, I'm joined by the incomparable Aaron Douglas, the matriarch of Black Burner Project a protopia she continues to tend and nurture as it grows beyond even her boldest vision. 
Together, we explore what it takes to build an enduring container, strong enough to hold the many, even as it shifts and grows. So I started Blackburner Project in 20, 2018 now. And um, with the background in photography, I, I, you know, I went out there knowing that it was a space. Burning went Man. Out there Burning Man, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing that it was a place where I was mm -hmm. not going to see a lot of Black people. And I'm used to traveling and not seeing that. But Burning Man just seemed like this just wild experience that I was going to be entering in, into for my first one. And so um, for my first year, I just saw a significant gap um, mm -hmm. and lack of not only people of color there, but um, evidence of our presence. So we mm -hmm. were there. There weren't a ton in, in relation to the number of people who go, mm -hmm. but there was no evidence of us on like social or media. There was no speaking that we existed out there. And so I realized that because of that lack, that was influencing people, Black people to not go mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because they didn't see themselves. Um, it's already a, a space that seems like it's for a particular type of person. Um, mm -hmm. And so on top of that and everything else we deal with, you know, um, in just everyday life, it just doesn't seem enticing or appealing for the, like the regular Black person, even someone who is exploratory and adventurous. Mm -hmm. uh, so I really recognize how unique the experience was and how I, although I couldn't pinpoint how I felt about it or what it had done for me, um, I knew that th that shouldn't be the reason people didn't go. Mm -hmm. um, so I started to uh, figure out how I can change that and went back my second year to start photographing them and not only photographing them, but interviewing them so I could share real um, stories. Did you realize at the time that you were creating a community or did you think of it as just like, oh, okay, I'm, you know, just going to like tell these stories and hopefully more people will come. Like what, what was your, what were your ambitions? <laughs> it was, I mean, I was just like, oh, this is a photo project, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, um, and I called it a photo project for a very long time. I think other people started to make me realize how much bigger it was. What I will say though, is my intention behind it was very like this deep feeling of being like, man, I haven't really one that we deserve to be in spaces that kind of encourage healing and that's loving. And I felt that Burning Man, although it had everyday people there, seemed to like shed all the things that we normally have, you know, that we normally interact with when it comes to humans and people are loving and creative and it's you know it's this space that I was like man we deserve to be here if anything we deserve mm -hmm. to be in a space where we're hugged and where people are affectionate and you know they're looking at our soul and not our outer parts and mm -hmm. um and we deserve to be in a space that that challenges in a way that helps us heal mm -hmm. and you know just like the woman's daughter said, you know, everything is so negative that it's really hard to get that every day um, when you're so worried about safety and, you know, doing things right and, you know, proving yourself. And so, you know, beyond that, I was like, you know, we we deserve to to have an experience that can expand us and open us up in a way. So I wanted the photos to to 
be that intro for people mm -hmm. to be curious. One of the things that I've been thinking a lot about as we're like readying to like make the ask to come back in 2024 um, is that, you know, we're not just a camp with a 35 foot, you know, tower in it with six stories and all these things, but like our camp and our infrastructure, the footprint of our camp, like we're really just a vessel, mm -hmm. a vessel for the community to be able to show, you know, come into it and do what they want um, to do, to utilize the space as they want to use it and to feel safe to do it. And it's almost like, I, I feel like in, in some ways you were a vessel or a black burner project became a vessel. It's like the community is kind of shaping and molding and growing and you're just holding that yeah. in a way that enables that to happen. Right. Like, and, but I think that's a, a great, um, example of how it's felt um you know you don't get to control it but yet you still hold like so much responsibility and you're also evolving because as this got bigger what was I wouldn't even say it was what was expected but you know people ask things and then yeah. I feel like I need to provide this thing and I want to make sure you yeah. know people get x y and z um you know so that evolves as well yeah and and for for us and we talk about it it's like um my hope is that the the vessel we're creating is one where folks can feel seen mm -hmm. right that um they feel like you know they um are seen for for who they strive to be right so not yeah. like to your point earlier like not what society not like the sort of things the that are thrown upon us the labels that are thrown upon us but really who we are from like our our most like gooey golden radiant like center out like mm -hmm. being seen from that place and right. held and loved and cherished from there and and also honoring um the gifts that they contribute, right? Like everybody brings something to the community um, that's uniquely theirs and is truly special. And yeah. so finding, you know, a vessel or a container that's like big enough and strong enough to hold all those many like shiny people and their gifts, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that they feel like they can continue to show up and show out and still fit in that container, right. you know? Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I think holding that, holding that and, and making it so that people do feel safe, th that they do feel safe is just allowing for so many other things to sprout. And I also see this as like, by doing this at Burning Man and by um, helping people to grow and to support people in that way only, only translates over into the default world and so that that is like creating this virtuous you know, cycle, yeah. Um, right, this cycle of like new ideas and creativity and um a new way of people, a new way that someone might be walking in the world. What we're lucky about in terms of Burning Man is that it's so it's so big, you can think so big that then when you go back home, it's like I can do anything, right? Right, right, <laughs> you know, right, like, I, right. I can do anything if somebody out there did that, 
you yeah. know? Yeah. And well, and the tests are metal in so many ways, right? Like we're like, if we right. can survive out there, we can build this, we can create this experience. I can show up this way and people can see me, you know, unvarnished, undiminished and love me mm -hmm. that way. Like I can do that out here in this default world. Right. Totally. Yeah. I, um, and, and the more that we see ourselves doing it out there too, yeah. is even more like ammunition yes. and more. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like I had, I had two distinct moments this past year, um, in camp. One was with a guy who's, you know, a white guy, very, very wealthy white guy. Right. And, um, he stayed in our camp and he was like, you know, we were out one night before the rain <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was just like, this is diversity. Like I've never seen diversity before like this. And I, and and I was like, well, what do you mean? You know? Um, and for him, <clears throat> like many of us, like we've all done, you know, diversity trainings and all of the mm -hmm. things. And I think for many of those things, let's be honest, many people probably eye roll if they could about diversity trainings, but they don't want to be seen that way and don't want to get canceled. So they're like, right. you know, show up reluctantly. But it became this like living use case to see all of these beautiful people showing up in our mm -hmm. camp and in our community in this way and getting to experience diversity authentically, like authentic diversity where people are uninhibited and, and right. shining brightly and living freely to see like what gifts can be shared and can have, and what the, what it looks like when those gifts are like compounded and compounded and compounded. And you're like, this is amazing. I want this energy all the time. And it caused for him an introspection into the life he's lived and the kinds of friends he has. And the fact that he has a very, you know, white life, right? With like all white friends, right? And well, I need black friends in my life because what am I missing, right? And those kinds of internal introspective contemplations are hard to have in the default, like in a way that's received to be able to get to that introspective level. Yeah. Right? Like right. it's hard to be like, oh, wow. Like <clears throat> I need to examine my life and I can do without feeling discomfort, you know, it's like, I can do this here in this environment and I, and I'm just getting caught up in the energy and the vibe and it's so amazing. And now I'm contemplating myself and I'm realizing I want more of this. I haven't had it. Like that whole journey is hard to replicate in the default. Right. Um, similarly, like having, you know, this guy Haas come up to me and, you know, black guy in our camp and say, I've been playing small and I refuse to play small ever again. Like this mm -hmm. is me. Like, this is me and how I want to feel all the time, right? Yeah. And that's that, to me, is the kind of space in in community that I want where it's not just like you're seen and you're, you're safe to be, but you're safe to, like, examine on this mm -hmm. deeper level um, and confront things that might otherwise be, you know, inaccessible to you or be, like, fear, like you'd be afraid to to examine, yeah, I think that's key too. like both both of those. I think, you know, with, you know, this this white guy who had this like, you know, introspection and revelation and got to experience it, you know, obviously Burning Man's a great place for that. But the other part about being in a space where you can realize that you've been showing up small yeah, um, or realize that there's things that you haven't done or tried or explored because of 
you know, what you felt you should or shouldn't be doing as a black person or a mm-hmm. black man or black mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. And blackness is not a monolith. Right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to be in a space where anything is supported and, <laughs> you know, any, <laughs> anything is supported yeah. and there will be somebody with you, but there won't be eyes and judgment and you can be in this place just to experiment. And that could be the only thing. And I think that's what opened my eyes to even just, you know, everything experimental is mm-hmm. like, it could just be that for some people. And yeah. I think people should have the space to to do that. And um, I've seen that when a black man is just like, I just wanted to try this and see what happened. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And I'm like, right. they never felt safe to do anything, you know, right. so the way we dress, the way music we're listening to and dancing to and vibing off of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, who we're talking to. I mean, you know, it all sort of creates this space that, you know, I've, I've always felt very fortunate having gone to Howard, you know, that, you know, I was challenged very early on when I was, you know, 18, 19. It's like, great. You came to Howard and what? Like, you mm-hmm. like being, you, you're proud of being black. Great. Got it. Cause you came to Howard. You wouldn't have come to an HBCU otherwise, but so what, who is right. Jen fully, mm-hmm. wholly and that kind of thing. Right. And so the community in that respect pushed me to contemplate my wholeness. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're talking about here with Burning Man. It's like, it's a space or a community where, um, as black folks, it's like, surprise, surprise, you get to come here and show up however you want. And there's no one that's like, but that's not what we do here. That's not what blackness is. Like you have to operate in this way um, in order to be seen as like, you know, a good black person or a good person of color or a good woman or a good whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Or even being a good, you know, heteronormative person you could play on the edges of your sexuality there and there's no lingering consequence whatever you want to do right like there's space for like true examination exploration in its Mm -hmm. in its safe Mm -hmm. what is the way forward so that it feels like we're building a container to go back to our conversation about the vessel that's like strong enough and big enough to hold us truly and fully you know i mean that's a really good question (laughs) Right. I know. I don't know that I could answer it right away, but like, wow, that's the the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard one to dissect. And I think it's like, that's a hard one, honestly. There's so many elements to think about and consider when you have the idea and the reality. Um, It's like, I, like, I think about, like, we talk about, you know, we want to get a seat at the table. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like that actually isn't a protopian community. Like I don't I don't want to just like get a seat at the table because right. that table comes like dirty. Right. It mm-hmm. comes full of like all kinds of like, you know, historical legacy, like bullshit that I don't want to be like a part of. Right. I have to mm-hmm. like carry all these like norms and ways of being that don't reflect my authenticity. Um, so then it's like, OK, well, do we build a new table? But I'm always of the mindset, like, I don't know. I don't want to, like, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like, there's some good things, too, that that, that exists, right? Uh, so I think it's, like, the way that we have to build it. Like, who's on the team? The doers yes, of the that's, creators. That's of- the part. 
That's what I was going to say. It's, yeah. I think you do build a new table, but it's who's building it together. I don't think it should just be us. It's, yeah. You know, it shouldn't yeah. be you. You know, it should be, how do we build, how do we um, formulate and the right people, the right group or the right the group of doers, right? That's what we talk yeah. about. Like, yeah, the like, doers. yeah, the doers. If we say, okay, well, listen, we're building this protopian um, society, this, this vision for a better future mm-hmm. um, that feels like something we can see ourselves being a part of in this lifetime. And we do it, like we said, with the, the right team in place, right? With mm-hmm. with with the myriad of folks necessary to build a desi- and design a container strong enough to hold the many. Yes. Even if you're building that vision of a future collectively together, you still have to start building belief w- from the masses that this is something that they should join in on and jump into yeah. the container with you, right? Like, so there's still, there's still a moment of, helping folks realize this is worthy, a worthy vision a wor- and worthy work to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like <laughs> folks like us who are used to being othered and marginalized understand how hard it is to build that belief because we've been let down so many times. We've been like sold a bill of goods. You know what I mean? Like we, we get like how to build trust and mm-hmm. connect and connect through, you know, compassion, right? And 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 we understand a lot of things that are, I think, integral to to building people, building people's capacity to stepping on the path with us and staying on that path. So, yeah. like, even if we designed it with everyone in mind, I think you still have the work of like getting people to like play. Because you were able to to demonstrate your your experience in your first year and talk about your story in a way that was vulnerable and honest, but also demonstrated like real connective points. Like someone mm-hmm. someone else who's sitting in a completely different city, um, who doesn't know you other than through like Instagram, right? Who is also you know a black person, maybe considering Burning Man. Here's not only your story, but the undercurrents, the things you aren't saying, like the things that made you worry about the things that you experienced. Like, they're like, she gets it. She understands. Like, so I know like when she's saying this, she's also saying these like three, four, 10, 50 other things. And so like, I can connect to her. And so if you imagine there's like one of you times, however many people on the team, each representing their own communities and Mm -hmm. speaking with authenticity, contextually, authentically, et cetera, like that draws in their folks. Right. And so you're starting to like, you start with a group of, of builders and doers who are fundamentally like representative of truly like the broader community, right. You know, drawing in then folks that are like them into this container, into this vessel, and you start building into that future in a real way. Right. Um, I think that's really kind of fascinating. I mean, I think obviously we think about that, but like designing with that level of intentionality around the first team, you know what I mean? Like the first group that's going in. But I do think there's something to be said about how you set up a community so that it's hardwired to be able to, to grow, to expand. Yeah. Right. Like knowing that you're like, who you are today 
is not going to be who you are even in a year from now, let alone five, 10, 15 years from now, or in yeah. my, in our case, like in a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know? <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. So how do you make it so that that person, that new person is also feeling invited in and welcome in a part, you right. know? And can bring themselves fully in. Right. Their gifts, right. right? Their contribution feels additive and generative. So like, they're like, I not just belong here because everybody's warm, but because I get to show up, show out and contribute and it's received. There's a place mm-hmm. for me that's authentic and real. It's not just like a performative, like, yeah, you can sit at this table. Right. right? And now you're sitting at the table, but you're not saying anything. You're not doing anything. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's also part of this future that I want to be a part of. Right. Which is like that my contribution is valid that I have like some, I have a role here. Mm-hmm. I am, I am adding something into this space that, that wouldn't have been there otherwise had I not been here. Yeah. Um, that I made a difference, even if it is just like, you know, in the case of Burning Man, like some giving someone a hug, you know, right. giving someone yeah. a grilled cheese, <laughs> you know, like, you know, helping <laughs> someone like turn on their generator, you know, like whatever that might be. As small as it seems, it's like major there though, super major at Burning Man. <laughs> right. Super major <laughs> at Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that, but that level of like realization of like I feel received and I feel like because I was welcomed with a hug, but I also feel received when I have something to offer, it is taken, it is received. I like to, to, to say that uh, most people that are working in AI today are thinking about products and I'm thinking about people. Mm. So I'm actually thinking about the minds and the thought um, spaces that are designed to help us design the technology and think about the technology and to enable us, um, but also to have the technology be a part of that community, which is part of this kind of conceptual break that we're having. And finally, the humanist Kim Carson who is dedicating this current chapter of her life to building a future aimed at bringing multi-diversity to the field of AI. A better future where all feel wanted and needed. We close this practice by actively dismantling so many truths about community. Yeah, so um, I have a kind of long professional history in um, emergent technology, so AI in specific. Um, and have had some fascinating friends and conversations, um, uh, both in the art world and in academia over the course of my 10, 15 years. And so Parallax Futures um, is a nonprofit that hosts a fellowship. um, And the fellowship is really about um, conceptual thinking and um, kind of thinking about bigger questions, Um, and using um, analysis like art practice in order to um, build those technologies so that they make the future better for all of us. Part of the whole 
you know, AI discussion, all the conversation around technology is like, what is it going to do to humanity, right? And so Mm -hmm. um, as we are thinking about these um, technology-driven futures, you know, how we think about community, what community can look like or how it should look like, it's it's an interesting contemplation um, that maybe not everyone is thinking of, but my hunch is based on the way you've designed your organization around a fellowship and around creating fellowship, right? Um, Community is very much a part of your design and intention. That's exactly right. Like how can we intentionally build um, this place where we can think about the technology in a different way? I like to to say that uh, most people that are working in AI today are thinking about product and I'm thinking about people. Mm. So I'm actually thinking about the minds and the thought um, spaces that are designed to help us design the technology and think about the technology and to enable us, um, but also to have the technology be a part of that community, which Mm -hmm. is part of this kind of conceptual break that we're having. So Mm -hmm. thinking about things like, um, you know, we have these, these kind of underpinning hierarchies, like uh, humans are the only things that are intelligent. Well, that's no longer true. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, humans are set aside from nature. That's no longer true. We now know because of the microbiome that we don't know where gen ends and 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 I begin. Um, there's so many things that actually um, integrate us and intertwine us in this kind of planetary reality that no one is really thinking about that way. And so I think when you pose the question about protopia and community, um, I think about community in its traditional sense, for sure, and 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 the humans that kind of are humanity and and make up that thing. But I also think, what are the other things that should be included in the community um, mm-hmm. so that we don't wind up in these dystopian kind of you know um, Terminator realities that we we seem to like kind of recreate all the time in our art um, and and it seems like um, the connection uh, that comes from community that kind of authentic connection whether it's with um, a person or an animal or a plant or um, a, a a chat bot um, that's really the the thing that maybe we should be focusing on is like mm-hmm. what makes that connection true and pure and authentic um, in order to pull us into this loving space. Well, and so in in one of the other conversations I'd had about this question, we were thinking of almost like the first team, right? When you're building building something, you have your team of doers, right? You have the folks right. that are there on the ground initially to like start the th- start the build, right? And yeah. Um, and that the way that we conceive of or construct that first team has so much possibility for cha- for evolution, right? Like if we actually mm-hmm. are really thinking about who's who we want in the community or who needs to be in the community and having having those folks represented fully and wholly in that first team to build that first container so that we Absolutely. can expand that container. I mean, effectively, like technology should be in that, right? Like technology yes. should be a first team member that is there yes. to help us increase capacity, to help us grow that container yeah, as yeah. we as we scale and as we go um, to ensure that like as we add more folks into the community, we can we can absorb it. We can actually embrace it and we can help ensure folks enter in as a, as a way of feeling like they are belonging, belong and contributing into that community um, in a meaningful yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one <clears throat> of the things we often take for granted is this idea that we know what a human is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, if you go back and you kind of trace 
the you know the 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 concept of humanity it comes from um you know greek philosophers um such as aristotle and socrates and and, and these people that have been uh, codified and kind of put into curriculum over and over again and, and yet um yes <laughs> and yet uh it was just a couple of weeks ago i was with my son um and he pulled out for me a couple of philosophers that were contemporaries of Aristotle that actually said that um, uh, to be human, uh, you could be a slave or a woman, which is mm -hmm. something that Aristotle did not believe. He, be mm -hmm. he believed that there was a hierarchy to man and and that um, not all men were, were human or not all people mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. embodied kind of the, our species were human. Um, and yet there were contemporaries of his that did believe that. And so going back to kind of your first team, I wonder what would happen if we had switched out some of the philosophers and some of the curriculum that we've actually kind of perpetrated yeah. and studied and, and talked about over and over again. Yeah. Um, might that have changed the first team um, and might we be in a different place today, yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, and better, better equipped almost to receive uh, the technology that I think has been, you know, not only we have we built, but it's also been granted to us by the universe. I mean, there's there's a little bit of both there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I love that. I mean, it's it's what I'm thinking of, too, in terms of, you know, here we sit in the big year of 2024, where we have many blessings, many gifts, many amazing things around um, us in this society that we live in. Um but what what if we were to build this you know protopian view of community and 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 starting from that point of building into a new future what do we keep what do we shed right like what parts mm -hmm. of you know said constructs you know said views said paradigms you know said ideology whatever philosophy what would we keep and say this serves yeah. us and what would we say actually doesn't in this future you know, vision of community, right? And yeah. for sure, what I hear in what you're saying is it's a it, it's a myriad of views, right? Like there isn't a yeah. singular, you know, pedagogy or a singular approach to like what must be true. That yes. that it has to hold many truths, you know, yes. many many perspectives. Um, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, so that's. Um, the name of our nonprofit is Parallax, and and I think you and I talked about this. The Parallax is, you know, it's a measurement, um, and it's basically uh, the the best way I always describe it is when you put your finger in front of you and you close one eye and then you close another eye. It looks like your finger jumps, but it's mm -hmm. not. It's in the same spot. And it's just saying that like there are when you come at one thing from different perspectives, it looks a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, so I love the opening that you do about kind of like the holding of the crystal and the prism and the light and, and um, parallax for us is about incorporating those perspectives. So, mm -hmm. you know, m our fellowship is intentional um, in creating and bringing people in that feel like they don't belong in the mm -hmm. technology. They don't have a role or a voice or a say and saying, no, not only are, are you, um, you know, wanted here, but you're also needed here mm -hmm. um, because it's it's all of our perspectives and all of our kind of backgrounds and stories and histories um, and ancestry that brings us together in a way where we can think about this. Yes. Um, and and so uh, that's really, uh, really, you're right on in terms mm -hmm. of like, it's, it's put everybody in the pool. As a, you know, a steward or, you know, a matriarch of your community, um, 
I, I don't know. I feel like this for myself and I'm curious if you feel similarly, like there's something in, in the crafting of this initial um, threading that you're doing, which is about, you know, making it bigger than you, right. Making it yes. bigger, like, like, like ultimately because you've seeded it the way you have, or you've created this initial threading, it's like someone else is going to pick it up. Right. And they're going yeah. to continue it and it's going to form and evolve in a way that success would require it to look absolutely different. Right. Then like what you even intended yes. it to look like when you started. Right. Oh, so like it becomes an organic, an organism, right? Like it becomes something yeah. that lives on its own and starts growing and evolving on its own. And that to me is also like something, a part of a, like a successful community in this um, protopian sort of vision that I, that I yeah. think it, it continues to thrive and grow beyond the individual, beyond the like initial thing, like to, you know, where an Aristotle or whomever is like, this is the thing you have to operate within this construct. Like it must look like this yeah. times a thousand, a million, a hundred, whatever years from now it's like no it no. better look really different like <laughs> really, really really different different from where we start really really different and yeah i i i um wholeheartedly agree <clears throat> i think that um success for me is um that this doesn't come ever back to me um, mm. as an individual right um if it's ever attributed that like hey it's kim that developed this thing then I failed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really about the ability for it to kind of thrive and grow and move beyond me. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, that's something that uh, when I work with fellows, we I approach the, what they're building or what they're making um, mm -hmm. in that way. I'm like, well, you know, like don't look, don't look at me for the answer. I would say I'm right. the dumbest person in the room, and I am intentionally always the dumbest person in the room. Right, right. Um, that's something that I that I feel is really important. Is like this is about you know, how you make it, where, what you bring to it, um, mm -hmm. how you can continue it um, beyond. And so my, um, my only role is to help facilitate that. And mm -hmm. so that might just be to hold space for you, or that might mm -hmm. be to bounce ideas, or it may be to build with, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a reorientation to how we think about I'll use this word, quote unquote, like a leader's role, right? So yes. like, I think traditionally you would say, okay, well, the job of the 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 person in your shoes, right? The, the dreamer, the instigator of the community, right? Is like holding it up, right? Propping yes. it up, like making sure that you're like, you know, juggling and holding That's really hard. and doing all these things. <laughs> Girl, it's impossible. Right? And People so, fall and apart so, outside from that. And, and so you look like you're sitting on the outside of this circle, right? Like yeah. sort of like doing this around the, yeah. the edges, like, you know, pushing in things that are falling out and doing less. When in fact, we should be sitting in this as part of the circle, right? That's we aren't right. like outside of it. We aren't in the center of it. We aren't above it. We aren't below it. We are just one of the many in the circle of. That's right. And we are all generatively and virtuously working in service of keeping each other full. What would happen if we uh, built a community of practitioners and builders that actually built something that was possible and positive? Mm -hmm. Like, does that steer us all as a, as a planetary kind of consciousness? I think that there's there's something absolutely, you know, 
I think I don't know if you were in the in the panel with the protopian discussion or not if you were in the room for that but no um it. it was very interesting because Catherine Murdoch was like you know I want to build a future my daughter can see herself in you yes. know um and and or I want to Amen. paint a picture of a future that my daughter can see herself in yes. so that that's what <laughs> she aspires to create versus yes. fighting against all of the madness and the noise that exists in yeah. society today or in yeah. the, these fictitious narrative science fiction narratives that exist right like there needs to be a counterbalance a counterview yes. that's possible um yes and and i think that what tends to happen when we're talking about these types of communities that we're envisioning and building into is that we we operate with integrity and principle, but but not with like consciousness around it, right? Like we are doing right. intentional things, but we're not like, these are the five things that we are setting out to do. Like I just went to the Black Panther Party Museum in Oakland. It just mm -hmm. opened um, last weekend and, you know, seeing their principles, seeing those things up on the wall, it's like, how rare yeah. do we codify the things that we're setting out to do and the way in which we're going to do it? Like we do it in yes. design, we do it in innovation, we do it in product creation. Sure. Like we have design principles, um, yep. but there needs to be that, that level, I think of intentionality around absolutely building right absolutely um and you know you the story that you that that Catherine told is it reminds me of you know in 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 ed tech which was where i was for a long time we would always say um you know we need more black teachers or we need more latino teachers because you can't be what you can't see mm -hmm. well like i want to take that let's take that beyond just profession right yeah. like let's say let's take that into world building like let's mm -hmm. build build a world let's build many worlds yes um where that you can see and so that you know your your little ones can be um mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. world and yes. can envision themselves in that world and build upon it like we were just talking about right. make it better add right. themselves to it in a way right. that they know that it is safe for them to do especially post pandemic um mm -hmm. we're we're in a, a really we're in a really remarkable place where we mm -hmm. can, um, you know, have this, uh, th this stuff can happen. Um, and, uh, you know, even, even as we stutter step around how we re-engage with one another has something to um, that, you know, mm -hmm. that hesitation and how we like carry ourselves into spaces again and how we interact with each other again, um, that almost gives us, not a fresh start but like a re a relook right mm -hmm. like a, a, a re-engagement point yeah. um and and that can be a blessing um and so yeah. um you know there's there's of course a multiplicity of bad things that happened from the pandemic but um for me that 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 little part of it is is really um a beautiful thing all right so it's like hey let's stop for a minute <laughs> yeah well we, we got a glimpse it's a little bit what what i was just saying in that like you know we um it's it changed it changed us a little bit it rewired us a little bit to to say yeah. hey this there's something different possible here yes there's a different way of of moving and being than what i'd been doing yes um that i've found either i desire deeply, or mm -hmm. I've started to curate and craft because of all these constraints. Right. And it's funny, yes. like in innovation and in design, you talk about like, or in art, right. Beautiful things happen through constraints. Oh yeah. Right. Like an unconstrained yeah. space is actually worse for the creative mind, right. Than a constrained mm -hmm. space, because with constraints, you start to think about what you can do that would be 
beautiful and amazing. Right. And so with constraints, we thought about like, well, how do I connect with people? How do I, how do I make sure I'm not sitting alone all the time? Or how do I ensure that I'm still getting active physically? Or how do I, you know, so you start trying to be creative in this way that we didn't have to before because we were free, right? Quote unquote. Yes. And yeah, then yeah. And constrained then, and free. <laughs> right, right. And then and then we and then we started to build build our communities. And when we when the world was open again and we were quote unquote free again, we realized yeah. there were a lot of things that we didn't want to lose. Right. Yeah, or that right. we, you know, that we wanted to continue um to, right. to to protect and build. And yeah. it's starting these conversations, I think, or or pushing us to have these conversations and grow in these spaces in a way that I don't mm-hmm. know that we would have if we hadn't had the pandemic. I agree. I, I completely agree. And so, you know, um, I, I've always been uh, the the first person in the pool and the first person to get tattooed and the first, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm that girl. And so I'm like, I'm going to go build something new. And the opportunity is to, to build it, you know, not so, you know, as mentioned with, I was with these women, right. It's like all of you, most of you are entrepreneurs. Most of you are in businesses that are quote unquote, not traditional. You've sort of charted these paths because of the fact that you were tired of dealing with the patriarchy, the like, whatever. Right. And these constructs, the opportunity isn't for us to then go create our own version of the same thing. Right. The opportunity. Yeah. The opportunity is for us to realize that, like, what what are the things that we intentionally choose to take in? Right. Technology, AI, like you're those are beautiful, amazing things that why would we not, you know, like be close to and figure out how to use and, and grow and be a part of that that conversation, that space. But do it in a way that honors really what is needed right in a way that yes, honors yes. um the people and that uplifts us um, and uplifts, uplifts us. us all yeah and, yeah and and fundamentally introduces a different way like let's not be aristotle part 2004 you know yeah, like I, i'm sick of him he didn't think i was human <laughs> right, right right and by the way p.s there's a lot of aristotles and they all made it all up so let's yes it's all made up so let's remake it yeah let's make us something different that includes us all yeah exactly yes agreed so here we are at the conclusion of episode two in our practice together. Thanks for listening. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you to our guests for this episode, Chris, Aaron, and Kim. Thank you for entrusting me with your voice and for sharing it with all of us. I love this question. Clearly no definitive solutions, just a lot of space for further rumination and contemplation. It truly is beautiful. So many rich and nuanced themes though. The value of creating with intentionality a set of foundational principles that don't become so rigid and complex that architects become hamstrung. The notion that any protopian community is really just a vessel or a container, something strong enough to hold us but also able to flex as the community shifts and grows, because community is not stagnant. A vessel that doesn't crush that beauty and that growth but rather absorbs the myriad of gifts that me- that members offer, well, that's, that's phenomenal. It's not enough to just offer someone a seat at the table. Folks must feel as though what they're bringing, what they're contributing, 
the dish they're offering up is not only received well, but also perceived as vital, necessary to the very existence of that community in that moment and in the moments following. Yet of all the ground we covered, I find myself most intrigued by the idea of a first team. The first team is the first set of folks on the ground, the initial builders, the architects, and the designers of that vessel. There are two weeks to Burning Man. For those of you who don't know or don't go, there's there's a build week and then there's a burn week. Prior to build week, there's just the playa, the desert. And after that week of building, well, Burning Man is born. And everyone comes in and revels and burns. And in our camp, we always have a group who are our core doers. Those folks who set up our camp and, and get us going. And in 2022, we had a really tight cohort of folks who created a strong bond and a way of being that was beautiful. Yet they were only a group of about 12. So as we got to burn week and the... Uh, 160 or so other folks showed up in camp well each of their beauty and their humanity and their gift showed up with them and it all became too heavy the container couldn't absorb and it wasn't strong enough to hold everyone yet in 2023 we had about 70 people during that build week and this time something quite remarkable happened as the remaining you know 90 or so folks showed up Each was able to enter the container, contribute their gifts, and join us in flow. Each contribution made to feel vital, because it was. So the value of creating an intentional first team is powerful. But here's the thing. It's powerful not only when we're talking about a space like Burning Man, but it also feels like this level of intentionality is applicable to when we consider our lives and apply it to self. Okay, what do I mean by that? I'm in practice with someone who's starting to transition as CEO from owner to operator to owner, visionary, and people leader. From having to do it all themselves to building a team around them that's inspired to do and be in service of their vision. And so we talked a lot about their cabinet, developing their personal set of advisors to help them navigate and build into bold futures, augmenting the gifts that they bring so that they can realize those bold futures, their first team. And so in today's reflection, I invite you to consider who is your first team? What bold endeavors have you set out to achieve, whether building a family, a home, or a business? Who are the folks that you look to to help build you? Put your bold idea at the center. It could be just you, you're that bold idea. And then consider What type of perspectives, experiences, and partnerships do you need to realize that future? And don't make it obvious. Consider what norms need challenging, what adjacencies or analogs could inspire, what gaps in perspectives and skills need to be filled. Then start to name names. Who are the folks that you look to in order to push into your boldest future? Whose gifts are vital? for your first team. Maybe through this reflection, you can break through into a new pathway, one that leads you to a bold, brighter, and better future. Thanks for practicing with me. Till next time.